The football gods are always on the Bears' shoulders. We're going to take the north and never give it back. Here goes Fields. Can he get in? Yes, he can. He's an impressive guy, but even more impressed with like his mentality, how he came in here with a purpose and grabbed that playbook and to be as far along as he is already. I'm very impressed with, with how he's approached this thing. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's your hosts, Kevin Lapka. What I'd really like to do is put the greatness of this man in perspective. Phenomenally good. And Jake Hassan. And Jake Hassan. There's a new sheriff in town. The best in the city of Chicago. Bears Nation podcast. We are back. It is Wednesday, August 10th, and we are remote today because the Lefka household is infused with COVID, so I did not desire to go there for obvious reasons, uh, because I don't need COVID a third time, because that would be not fun for me. So here we are, still doing the show, still a lot to talk about. We have a game to preview. Granted, it's a preseason game, and it's going to suck, but still going to preview it. We got some roster stuff to talk about, unofficial depth chart. We have Roquan Smith stuff to talk about. But first of all, Mr. New Shoulders over there, how you feeling? How's how's it going, man? It's been a rough week for you. It's it been a rough seven rough since the last week. time we talked. It's been a rough go. It hasn't been good. I don't know what I did to deserve this, uh, but this has been a week from hell. I tear my shoulder apart. And actually, I just found out today that it dislocated, and I just didn't even realize it. So it dislocated, popped back in, and then a day later, I just positive for COVID. And I'm like, oh, my God, my life is in shambles. I'm feeling much better now. Even my shoulder feels better. I'll get surgery in a couple weeks, but it doesn't hurt that bad anymore. So we're trudging through. But this week, it was tough. So hopefully some Bears football can make it feel better. But probably that's not going to happen. So... Let's just hope it doesn't get worse for us on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, no, that is uh, – God knows what's going to happen. The good thing is it's preseason, so expectations are very, very low. So that's the thing. But Kevin was still out there at Family Fest, was still on here breaking things down for you over the last couple days. So shout out to him on the grind. If you look at his Instagram stories, it's very depressing. It's all like, oh, God, what am I going to do without sports? It's very <laughs> – it's very, very – it's very, very heartbroken 17-year-old-esque. It's very interesting. Okay, okay. It's, uh... Let's relax. <laughs> um, All right. Speaking, speaking All as right. the guy that posts the same songs on his Instagram story every week. So, um, it, it's good, though. But anyway, glad you're feeling all right. Glad you're feeling better. So, let's start with Roquan Smith. Let's start with the trade uh, demand, request, whatever you want to call it. Comes off the pup list today. Yes, was it yesterday or today? Comes off the pup list. I think it was today. Activate. So now is subject to be fined for not practicing. And this is after he yep. very publicly says, I want out. You know, they're lowballing me. I don't feel respected. Uh, this sucks. You know, I'm very emotional. And then Ryan Poles gets up at the mic, and you can hear how disappointed he is that this is public now after he very. Clearly, and the, one of the first things Ryan Pohl said was, I like to do stuff in-house. I don't like doing this whole public charade. Roquan Smith says, all right, I'm going to make a public charade. And here we are. And it's uh, very interesting. Ryan Poles, of course, had to do something. He couldn't just let Roquan Smith call the shots and say, all right, well, now I'm going to make you guys look like the bad guys. Had to do something. It was his only leverage, literally the only card he could play. Does it now. Now, some people are going to say, oh, well, if, he's, if he practices and he's out there, then they must be getting closer. Sure, there's still, you know, faith that maybe something can get done and maybe, you know, you still got a couple weeks. Is he going to play Saturday? No, of course not. Obviously, he's not going to go out there and risk injury while he's 
you know, trying to figure out this contract situation. What makes right. it so weird is he's his own agent. He's negotiating on his own, which also makes the whole trade request thing different too, because now you're Roquan Smith. Not only are you trying to negotiate your contract, if there's negotiations going on still, or I don't know if it's been broken off completely, mm -hmm. but now you got to go out there and make phone calls. Hey, do you want me? Hey, are you willing to work with the Bears? Hey, are you willing to make yeah. this phone call? You know, usually like Jimmy Garoppolo, for example, Jimmy Garoppolo goes to his agent, says, all right, I want this team, this team, this team, or this team. I don't want to go to this team, this team, this team. Start making phone calls. I'm just going to go chill now while you take care of that. Roquan Smith's got to do that all by himself now. While also, like, probably you would think taking phone calls or texts from Ryan Poles being like, what about this? What about that? Can we work on this? Can we make some leeway here? And he's, like, doing all these things. Well, also now you got to decide, okay, do I want to practice or do I want to take these fines? What do my financial situations look like? It's a whole, like, Roquan Smith's got, like, eight different spinning plates in the air. I mean, it's just, like, it's a whole situation. I mean, obviously, maybe that leans more towards him at some point being like, all right, screw it. Fine. I'm signing. I just want this done. I just want to go out there. I just want to, like, enough of this. This is crazy. I don't know. But, I mean... Kevin, you've been, I mean, I know this is the first time I'm talking about the Roquan Smith thing since it's all kind of yeah. happened. You've been on a couple of these lives already, but I mean, just your initial thoughts of Roquan Smith being activated off the pup list today. I've, I've been looking forward to talking to with you because I, I don't know where it is very divisive. Like it is, it's sort of, it seems to me like it's actually been a pretty polarizing topic. Like people are taking sides here, either their team Roquan or their team polls. Uh, and it's been, mm -hmm. there's been pretty heated debate about it. And look, him, them taking him off the pup list. I mean, they're just playing poker now. And I, I think they're going to come in here and I think they're going to find them the money. I do. I think they're going to find the money to say, Hey, is it, this is how you want to run things. We gave you a very, what we believe is a very fair offer. Okay. And, and Ryan, polls he made it to go up in front of the media and and say specifically that they were record-breaking aspects to that deal and yeah you know Roquan talks about the de-escalation clauses and the back-loaded aspects of it and we don't know what that really means what the details of that are but the bottom line is like whatever it was it certainly wasn't a disrespectful deal all right let's put it that way I think there's people out there who believe oh my god Ryan polls is disrespecting Roquan Smith with this deal and he's, he's not giving him well we don't know what it is we don't know what it is, but if it's, if there is a record-breaking, if there are multiple record-breaking aspects to it, in no way is it possible for it to be disrespectful towards him. I just don't think it's possible. But I look, they're playing poker now. So Ryan Poles is going to say, hey, you want to come out and like make me look like an ass in front of the public? Because really, that's what the narrative has been. It's been Ryan Poles sure. fucking sucks. He's not paying his players. He's having a terrible offseason. And he's going to say, you know what? Here, you're going to pay the price for it. And maybe he'll have to accept less money. And I think ultimately that is the end result of this. If they are going to go back and forth, always front office has the upper hand, right? Because they can sure. they they can choose where they want to pay the player or trade them. Like they hold all the power. But I think Roquan Smith wants to be a Chicago Bear. Like I really want that to be known. And in a lot of situations like this, the player does not like, when a player requests a trade. 90% of the time, the player does not care if they actually get traded. Like, they don't care if they would rather be on the team that they're currently on or the team that they get traded to. They don't care, right? But when I was at Family Fest, Roquan Smith was there, present the whole time, talking. He was coaching the guys hours after he put out this statement to Ian Rappaport that he wanted to be traded. Like, guys who don't want to be with an organization, guys who want to be with an organization do that. Guys who don't want to be with an organization, they don't show up to their team's practice at their state, at their first, at the stadium for the first time like they just don't but look ryan pools has the power in in my opinion on it is this jake and i want to hear what you think about it 
Roquan Smith is a top three linebacker in the NFL, right? And we have talked so much about paying for value and making sure that you are getting value out of your players, not overpaying for guys, because that's what ran Ryan Pace out of the building. That's the reason he's not here anymore, right? He threw too much money at guys who weren't deserving of it. He threw $10 million at Andy Dalton. He threw money at Nick Foles. He threw money at Jimmy Graham. And he gave extensions to guys like Eddie Jackson, who at the time was deserving of it. Now it didn't pay out. Tariq Cohen wasn't deserving of that, right? Roquan Smith is deserving of top three linebacker money. I don't know if he's deserving of best linebacker in the league money at year one of a rebuild. And that's what matters is you are not in a situation where making that decision to pay Roquan Smith, the record-breaking linebacker deal, is worth it for you. You're just not in a situation to do that. So I don't know if you have also seen it as polarizing, if you are choosing a side, but what's your thoughts on you know who who is at fault here? I guess you could say, and what the outcome of it is. So I'll answer your first question. Uh, I don't think he need like he he shouldn't be paid like Shaq Leonard. Like that's just like Shaq Leonard is a turnover machine. Yes, he's like Roquan Smith's a very very good linebacker, but Shaq Leonard is a turn like I think I saw somebody tweet like Shaq Leonard has seventeen forced fumbles or something or turnovers forced over the last year yeah, or two years. Roquan Smith has one. Like those, that's a huge discrepancy. Um, I love Roquan Smith. I think he is one of those guys that you can build around over this next three years as this rebuild happens. Um, granted that he's here and granted that he gets money. I actually kind of disagree that now is when you give him that big record setting deal while you're going through this and you're not going to be paying anybody. Look at that. Like we've talked on the show multiple times over what your cap situation Hey, that will have the space, the 29, 28, whatever, kind of on the back end. You don't have to pay him as much for those prime years, but he still is going to be like a key contributor. Then when you're starting to bring those supplemental guys in and, you know, around the stars, then it kind of works out. The math starts to math a little bit, but whatever. Um, I mean, what was the second question? I already forgot. <laughs> what do you think the outcome of it is? If you were to make a prediction, what's the outcome of this situation? Does he get traded? Does he not get traded? Does he, you know, hold out for weeks during the regular season? Do they not get a deal done by then? And what what, what would make you the happiest as a fan? I would. I mean, if you uh, happiest would be you hand him a five year deal, because I mean, you because then that gets him here for the rebuild years. I mean, let's say that you're fully rebuilt. Let's say this is year one, and then next year, and then the third year you have you go like nine and eight or whatever, you start to get back into that winning column. And then that fourth year is when you expect to be like a playoff team. God, that is so depressing to lay out, but kind of the reality we're living in um, the realistic timeline as well. I'm sure Kevin Lapka will tell you an ideal no, scenario. No. The bears are a playoff team by next year, but yes, they are. That being, all that being said, um, yeah, I mean, the happiest, obviously, is that they sign him to an extension. He's somebody you need. You're not, like, we've talked about time and time and time again that this roster is not flush with talent. You need as many talented, especially blue chip guys, as you can take. You can't afford to have these guys walk out the door like that. Like, that's why you hope Eddie Jackson shows a flash in the pan in the revamp Matt Eberflus uh, defense. That's why you hope you hit on something mm-hmm. with Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. That's why you hope Jalen Johnson takes that next step. That's why you hope Braxton uh, Jones is a uh, hidden gem in the late rounds of the NFL draft that just happened because you need these guys you don't have a lot of them so it's really bad and so that kind of leads me uh, this is actually a nice segue because I mentioned to you a couple hours ago in a text that I had a like a game 
kind of exercise that I wanted to play through. And let me pull up uh, the that depth chart was tweeted by Fishbane, right? The unofficial depth chart that you sent me. Yeah, it was Fishbane that that released the depth chart. So us. I kind of yep. I kind of want to go through this because this is going to give us an opportunity. Talking about this, how many of these guys on this depth chart are realistically going to be on this team next year? And let's just do starters. Like let's not, you know, we don't have to go through, next year. Oh, okay. But like because this tells me because if they do trade him, if they do trade him, like that shows that Ryan Poles, like, I'm not going to play these games. I'm just going to, all right, we'll cut bait. We'll get out of here. We're, we tried, and now you're going to play these games. All right, you're done. So I want to go through this. Uh, da, 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 da. And we'll go through this. So no, let's I, just go I think through. That's very valid. So this is what I want to do. What is this? Stupid. Um, okay. So guys that are going to be here, and we'll just go down the list. And guys who will 100% with 100% certainty that they're going to be here next year. Like, no doubt, 100%, they will be on this team next year. And so we'll start out. I have pulled up. Darnell Mooney. I, I think, yeah, probably. He's one. Uh, what do you mean you think, yeah? Holy shit, yes. Braxton Jones. I think, yes. As, like, And this is as I of today, as well. of this moment right now. We haven't seen any games, but just all going to be based off what we've seen, what we've heard, blah, 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 blah. So Darnell Mooney, Braxton Jones, I think, yes. Cody Whitehair, I'd like to say yes, but as he gets older and the money you owe him, I wouldn't say that's a one. Like this is one hundred percent guarantee they will be here next year. I don't think Cody Whitehair is one of those guys. Like I, don't I think, think it's he might be guaranteed either. I think he might be one of those guys that might be either cap cut or something. Lucas Patrick, I don't think it's one hundred percent that he's here. He's only on a two year deal. If he stinks, they'll say all right, see you later. Uh, or, he or, he, or, or if he Stink, remains hurt, he's one hundred percent. He's not 100% for me. Michael Schofield, obviously not. Riley Reef, obviously not. Cole Komet, I don't think he's 100%. I think this is a proven year for him. Oh, stop it. If, if he can't play, if you, and you know, I'm a Cole Komet guy. If he has another pedestrian yeah, year, they might, they might be like, all right, we're going to draft your replacement. See you later. It's, this is what, this is year three. This is going to be year three for Cole Komet. Like they might say, okay, you had three yeah. years. You're one. You're not somebody we drafted. See you later. It's three years. You're still just putting up these extremely pedestrian numbers. See you later. We dr- we'll just draft your replacement. I don't think Kolkomet's 100% to stay on this roster next year. That is shocking. I th- think he is. And I look, I because he's on a rookie deal for two more years, and I think he's going to have a 700-yard season, and you're not going to be in a position to try to just find your replacement, especially knowing the timeline for tight ends, especially young ones in the NFL. Sometimes it takes a couple years. And I think Cole Komet, like, I think what they can do is find another guy in free agency. I don't know what the free agent tight end list looks like and kind of find a guy who's stronger. If you know Cole Komet can't be a number one who's top 12 in the league, I think he could be top 10 in yardage this year, honestly, or maybe top 12 in yardage. But they could go... Oh, it's sort of a two tight end I've done that recently to success. But, you know, I don't think like you're going to want to have like you have a lot of needs on this team. You wouldn't you don't want to create one by cutting Cole Komet after this year. So I think for that reason, just given the place that you're in, you're going to keep him 100 percent next year. So I'll say I'll say. Yeah. So also we should talk about like the reason that some of these guys for me are not going to be 100 percent 
is the fact that the Roquan Smith trade thing is even being entertained. And the fact that it's been this long without an extension, and that's kind of dragging out because it says to me that Ryan Poles is going to be firm in his beliefs, firm in his valuations of these guys, and he's not going to budge. And then it's going to go from there. Like he'd rather be one of those guys. Be like, Cause again, we've seen it. Like I didn't draft these guys. I'm going to let them walk and get my guys in because this is my child. This is my baby. So why would I leave that in the hands of Ryan Pace guys of guys that I didn't draft? So this Roquan, especially, especially if he trades Ro- Roquan Smith, I think that means that anybody is on the table, that anybody can, if you're not performing up to standard or up to par, you're out. So granted, Roquan Smith is still on the team and extension can still get done. But the fact that it's taken this long will be like, is kind of, a, gives me some doubt that some of these guys are 100%. Okay. Continuing David Montgomery. I do not think it's hundred percent that David Montgomery is on this team next year. Be cut for a couple factors. Not running not. back, not same thing, not a pulls guy. Running backs, we know how much. And it seems like Khalil Herbert, like he and so hand in hand. I think Khalil Herbert's hundred percent for next year. Third year of a rookie yes. contract has shown he can play a little bit. You know, and running backs are a dime a dozen, but also bring some value on special teams. So you're not only tied to him as a running back. Even if you don't like him as a running back that much. Keep him as a cheap special teamser because you know he performs well on that side of the ball. So I think Dave Montgomery, not 100%. Khalil Herbert, 100%. Agreed. Look, we were just talking about value and talking about, you know, how Ryan Poles is being very cautious and smart with his money. Being smart with your money is is, is not paying a running back, you know, especially a guy who's not top five in the league, you know, to a big-time extension that he, he thinks he'll deserve. And, Unfortunately, it's it's not Dave Montgomery's fault. It's not a knock on him. We're not saying that Dave Montgomery's not, you know, a, a bad he's not he's not right. a good football player. We're not saying he's a bad football player. It's just he's replaceable. Like he unless easily replaceable with that. I, I don't know. Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. There's probably a few others I'm missing, but out of like the core seven or eight guys, right? Most are replaceable. You know what I mean? I think Ezekiel Elliott's replaceable with Tony Pollard. And Tony Pollard might be better, right? So, Dave Montgomery's a great running back. And I hope he balls out this year. But second contracts for running backs at the same team don't come often. And they shouldn't in the situation that the Bears are running. And given what Ryan Poles has done, and you're talking, you're, you're basing all this off of, like, his moves this offseason and in this situation with Roquan, he's not just going to throw money at you if you're asking for it. He's not going to give you the blank check and tell you to write your number and he'll sign off on it. That's just not how it's going to work with this regime. And that and look, there's going to be people who don't think that's a good thing. Like, why aren't you locking down your young players? Well, you got it. Like, this is exactly the hypocrisy in that statement is so blatant because that's exactly why everyone hated Ryan Pace. It's exactly yep. why everyone hated him. Was you're throwing too much money at guys who didn't deserve it. And it, oh, it made everyone or, happy. Because it maybe not even deserved it, but hadn't earned it yet. After Eddie Jackson, year one. Tariq Cohen, year one. Just all right, tried to get. And and if right. Brian Pace, like, if those had hit the way that we thought, that like, we thought they were home runs at the time. If they had ended up being that or being, like, successful, you know, down the road, then we would have been, A, Ryan Pace would still be here. And B, like, we'd be singing his praises. Like, it's just he tried to get ahead of it and try to get those – value deals before these guys continued to rise and got and their prices got even bigger and it just didn't work out. So now you got a guy who's taking a more conservative approach. Yeah. And, and look, it's the right, I think I just, I, it's hard because fans of this team, 
especially, I mean, fans of any team, but fans of this team, especially given the pain that we felt for pretty much our whole life, they want instant results. And like, they don't like <laughs> us being shamed on Instagram and on Twitter and all that for, you know, our lackluster roster and our below average roster and stuff. But you have to kind of come to this acceptance that given the position that the bears are in, like, I think they could sign a wide receiver like Will Fuller right now. Like, I'm not saying that's not possible. And they've they've said that they're going to be active. And we saw it with Riley Reef and Michael Schofield. But if you go back to this previous offseason, there there's no way in hell they were ever going to trade for Tyreek Hill or pay Devontae Adams the $30 million, right? Like, you have to understand this is the situation we're in. And sure, it doesn't look glamorous on paper, but it looked glamorous on paper under Ryan Pace. And look where that got you, right? You have to take. You have to learn from from what happened in the past. And if you believe you have a good coaching staff, guess what? You don't need to throw millions of dollars to people. I said this yesterday, last night. How much money did the Patriots throw out the years that they won the Super Bowls? How much? How many? How many big time free agents were the Patriots signing? They were getting guys on cheap, under ten million dollar deals, using the coaching to their advantage to develop those players and make them worth more than what their contract said they were. That is how you win. And that's just like it's hard for people to accept that. You know, because it means, oh, we're not getting these big time players right away. It'll come. Bears have $130 million or what do they have next year? 150? A lot. Yeah. It's something. It's something. It's a silly number. It's a it's a silly number. Well, let's go back down the list. Let's finish out this. All right. Well, okay. So this will make this will kind of expedite this process. Um, I think that there's only two other guys on this list that are one hundred percent locks to be on this team next year. Two other guys. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. You kind of cut out. Ready? What did you say? You want me to guess? I so I, I think there's only I think there's only two other guys that are on this that on the offensive side. Only two other offensive okay. players that I think are 100 percent absolute locks to be on the roster next year. One is Larry Borum. The other is Vios Jones Jr. I think those are the only two. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's th- that are 100. percent I locks. agree. So you agree? I agree. Okay, so those are the last two. Well, look, that I think on the offense. You said Khalil Herbert is Byron Pringle mm-hmm. on a two-year deal or one-year deal? Doesn't matter. Even if he was on a two-year deal, it wouldn't matter. Not not a lock. I got. I got. I think he's a lock if he's on a two-year deal. He might stink. He might stink. Or get arrested again. Even if he does stink, they're gonna or gonna stop it. He's on a one year four point million four point one million dollar deal. I forgot about that. So yeah, I I think you're right. I I I think you're right. Unfortunately, I I think you might be right. So okay, so you agree with me then that Justin Fields is not one hundred percent a lock to be on the roster next year. Oh fuck! Did I did I I okay? I thought we were excluding Justin. Okay, no, nope. you know stop I, it! Oh my, I'm I'm getting off the show right now. I'm walking off. I'm walk. I'm gone. I'm gone. Th- okay, this this is not a bit. I've no, said this before. I said this a couple weeks ago. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. I said the Roquan Smith whole sh- thing situation. One hundred percent tells me that Ryan Poles will stick to his what his eyeballs tell him and to his brain and what he feels about these guys. And he's not just going to hand them out because they're star level players or perceived as star level players. There is, it is not now granted. I think, I think that is like 85, 90% chance that Justin Fields is still on this roster next year. But if he, if he stinks this year and if the bears tank, if the bears, if the bears go winless 
and Justin Fields stinks this year, or <laughs> does Joe? Let the Bears go winless. Jake, you're not going winless. Come on. Do not. If the Bears go winless and Justin Fields does not show the progression that we're hoping from him, if he keeps throwing these wobbly passes into the regular oh. season, oh. and what the Bears have passes. a top two pick, they will, they will take Stroud or Young. They'll nope. do it. Nope. nope. They 100% nope. will. Nope. Nope. Hey, Poles will sit there. If they have a top two pick and Justin Fields oh is, just, is just average – he, Paul, Ryan Poles will look at him and say, I didn't draft this guy. Okay, he's average, but I don't think he can win a playoff game. That is a, that is a very real possibility. We've heard, we have heard rumblings about it. We've heard whispers about it. We haven't it. heard shit about it. We, who, who said? We have, you've who heard said? people talk. Like, nobody has actually, like, there's been, like, Rappaport hasn't said, like, oh, the Ryan Poles. But remember when these guys first came to power? Like, well, like, they didn't make, like, these over grand statements about Justin Fields. Yeah, okay, now we're seeing, like, these random tweets over the last couple of days that Justin Fields is blowing the coaching staff away. But if Justin Fields is, like, average to below average and the Bears bottom out and they have a top three pick, I 1,000% Ryan Poles will say, all right, I'm getting a new guy on a rookie deal. We're starting from scratch. I'm taking Strouder Young. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't deal with it. I can't. It, this, it, is worse. Like, this is worse. This is worse than Foles over Trubisky. This is worse than that. This is worse than you're taking. In hindsight, that, hindsight, that wasn't bad. In hindsight, that wasn't bad. It's it's okay. It may may like but. I I still believe Justin Fields can be good. I still think that Justin Fields will be good, and I still think there's a 93% chance that he's on the roster next year, but it is not 100% locked in. There, like, Kevin, there's an avenue where Justin Fields is not as good as we think he is, and the Bears are in a position to take one of these star quarterbacks, and Ryan Pohl says, I didn't draft this guy. We're starting over anyway. We're starting from scratch. I'm taking one of these guys. It's you know a, it is a, I'm, you, I'm not, I'm no. not saying it's likely. I'm not saying it's a like, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not even saying it's likely. I'm not even saying it's probable, but I'm saying that there is an avenue where that happens. There is a reality where that happens. It is a, yeah, but the, it happens, it happens all the time in the NFL. It happens no, it all doesn't. the time. Not the specific situation, but it happens in the NFL where a regime change happens. And these guys, they say, okay, this is not my baby. I'm going to curate this baby exactly how I perceive it to happen and how I want it to happen. All right. Ryan Poles. Yeah. Maybe he gets the jump on, you know, okay. We have Jaquan Brisker. Okay. We have Kyler Gordon. Okay. We have Braxton Jones. Okay. We have a couple things here. Quarterback needs to happen. We're going to go in next year with a rookie. I'm not saying again, before the comments come after me, before the mentions come after me, get after him, there, comments. Is, get after there him. is an Avenue where Justin Fields does not impress this regime. And they say, okay, we're starting from scratch. Anyway, this is a rebuild. We're in a position to take Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. We're just going to do it because we evaluate these. This is how we're evaluating these guys. We're not evaluating them on the fly, which they're doing with Justin Fields right now and hoping it comes together. We all hope it comes together. I hope I'm just, I love Justin Fields. I think he's going to be good, but I'm, we need this Roquan. My point is that this Roquan Smith situation, especially if he is traded, should tell us that nobody is off the table. But that, that's a because, tool, like. I think you're. I think. I think you're misinterpreting the Roquan situation. That that's the problem. I think it's not that he doesn't think Roquan is good or that he doesn't want him on the team. I think the again, the problem is with what you're doing with your money right now, and, and whether you think he's worthy of it. It doesn't mean that he doesn't think Roquan is good. I think you're right to an extent that there will be guys who are cut that 
are, are surprising. They're going to be on the team for a while. You know, Ryan Poles, you're right in certain aspects when you mean he wants his own guys, right? And he wants to do things his way. I think that's 100% true. But Justin Fields is the core of everything, right? nucleus of what you are going to do for the rest of his tenure, for the rest of Ryan Poles' tenure. And look, it's, it's almost it? easy for Ryan Poles. Yes. What do you mean? Ryan Poles can easily say, like, Ryan Poles is not – and that's also part of the thing, too. Ryan Poles has no loyalty to Justin Fields. So if well, he, he does, does – like now because he's the damn quarterback of the team. He's got loyalty now. He inherited him. What, what was he supposed yeah, to do? Say, what was he supposed to do? Say, okay, yeah, we'll roll with Trevor Simeon this year? Like, you might as well roll what, the dice with Fields if you're Poles. What, but if he doesn't impress you, do. then you move on. That's what bad GMs do. Bad GMs, you know, they already have it in the back of their mind that they might that they might not like this guy. That would be telling if you really think that's true. If you really think there's not a 100% chance that Justin Fields is going to be on the team next year, that means in the back of Ryan Poles' mind, he's thinking he's already thinking past. He's already thinking in the future past Justin Fields. That's a terrible outlook. That's a horrible thing. That's the worst possible thing a GM can do is in the back of their mind be thinking, you know what? If if this doesn't work out, we gotta uh, we gotta start planning for next options. No, we gotta start one thousand percent. I'm not saying I'm not saying that they're doing that right like, now. You can't. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying that they that the ship has sailed on Justin Fields. They're evaluating him right now, practice to practice. They're in there trying to figure out what they have in him. I'm just saying that a year from now, things could be different. Like they're gonna evaluate him all this year. You know, like right now, I'm not saying that he's. In the back of his mind right now, planning for the future. Not what I'm saying at all, for sure. Of course, he's keeping him here because you have to evaluate him. He's still a young quarterback. He still showed flashes in his first year when you weren't there. So, of course, you're going to go into this year and be like, all right, let's see what the kid has. I'm simply floating the notion that Float. Don't they float didn't the draft. Like, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen. But I'm saying that it is possible a year from now, things have changed. That's why it's not 100%. They're day to day, minute to minute, throw to throw. You, like Ryan Poles is evaluating Justin Fields because he's doing with all of his players. Doing with Tevin Jenkins, trying to figure out if he can trade him or keep him. He's doing it with Roquan Smith. He's doing it with everybody. He's doing it with all these guys on one-year contracts. Okay, because that's what the NFL is. It's a business. You yeah, have to, at some, at, in some way, think about the future. Like Byron Pringle's out there on a one-year deal. Ryan Poles is watching him snap to snapping like, okay, is there a possibility that we bring this guy back next year? And what you see, you know, it's a formula and everything goes into that formula from play to play. So, I mean, cause that's just what you have to do as a GM. Of course you have to plan for the future, at least a little bit. Justin Fields might be the last part of that equation because there's so many no, other holes on this part of the equation. He's the, no, no, I'm, he's saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying of things that like you have to evaluate and pieces that you need to put together, like offensive line receiver, obviously like one, two, you got to figure out what you have there. Like Justin Fields is the last part in that sense, because you're like, okay, we have this guy. We think that he's going to be good. We believe in him, but I'm saying, I'm, and that, but I'm saying that could change this Roquan Smith situation proves to us that Ryan Poles is willing to drag things out and stick to his guns. And if he doesn't believe in someone as much as they believe in themselves or as the fans do, then he might explore other avenues. Might being the key word. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's a likely possibility. I'm not even saying it's probable. But it is something that as time has gone on and the way that Ryan Poles has acted since being hired has made me think that if, if, if push comes to shove, he won't be afraid to explore those other, other avenues. The bottom line is, 
like, so there's two things. Number one, you set yourself back so much. You re you, you set yourself. If you, if, if you take, if Justin Fields is like, so here's the, okay. The first, the first thing that's the problem that you are stating here, you're now setting unrealistic expectations for Justin. Now, like, Justin Fields just needs to be better than he was last year. He needs to have shown growth and shown improvement. And then in that year three is when he can be the MVP superstar type guy. Look, I think he's going to reach that status this year. I don't think he's going to be an MVP. I think you're going to see this year that this guy has it and he will be the quarterback of the Bears for the rest of his career. That is where I'm at with Justin Fields. And everyone knows my opinion on him. Everyone knows my takes on him. He will prove that this year. So I don't even think we have to worry about any of what you're talking about. Like, I don't even think about worrying about that. But even if you, even if what you say is a, is a reality and it's true, you set yourself back so many years if you have to restart the whole process and draft a new guy. And then, oh my God, is this guy even really what you want? Is this guy correct? You know, you have... The, you are in the perfect situation of a rebuild right now, in my opinion. You are you have been placed into the perfect spot, right? Because the the problem that a lot of teams have the perfect spot. The you are in a perfect spot. The, perfect the Chicago spot. Bears are in a perfect spot. Why? Because they have the quarterback of the future who is capable of leading them to a Super Bowl in two years. Next year, they're going to have $180 million, $130, whatever it is, $100 plus something, the most in the league that they can spend and start to bring in free agents and start to make this team actually championship contender. They have young players on both sides of the ball who are going to be – what do you mean? <clears throat> Darnell Mooney is going to be the wide receiver one of the Chicago Bears and a top 15 receiver in the league for the rest of his career. On the Maybe, that, that's the his ball. ceiling. And the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> okay, okay, that's one person on the offensive side. You still need an offensive line and a tight end and other receivers. I wouldn't I just think I think it's a I think it's a leap to say this is a perfect situation. You still have a lot of talent a, that you need to find. It's a good situation for the Bears. It's obviously never gonna be a perfect situation at the beginning of the rebuild. That's why it's called a rebuild. So if you are evaluating rebuilding teams, yes, the Bears are in a perfect situation. One who's not in a perfect situation, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's not because of Trevor Lawrence, it's because they spent a ton of fucking money on guys this year that weren't worth it. And that's why I'm glad Brian Poles didn't go out there and give Christian Kirk a four-year $80 million contract. That's how that's how you get yourself into not a perfect situation. The Bears have full control, and they have the most important thing locked down, right? They have the most important thing locked down, and that's a quarterback, right? The Bears were constantly trying to retool in the, the past five years, retool, rebuild, whatever you want to call it for those periods of time, with the, the the main issue not being, you know, a, a top 10 quarterback. And it's impossible. You're never going to do it, right? The Titans are, are never going to be able to do it with Ryan Tannehill. It's just not going to happen. Like, they're going to constantly be rebuilding and retooling until they get a, a, a different guy. The Bears have everything in front of them. The whole future of the Chicago Bears franchise is right there in front of them. They have full control. And it's it sounds that they can – it seems – I said sounds because someone put it in the chat. And it seems like they have – everything in front of them and they can do whatever they want and they can be a contending team next year because they have a quarterback who can do it. And you set yourself back a million years and you restart the whole process and you throw a whole wrench in your plan. If you decide to move on from Justin Fields for whatever reason, it's not going to happen. And this conversation, we're going to be acting foolish for having it in, you know, a couple months when he's lighting up the league, when he's playing well. I mean, I, again, I'm not going to say he's going to let it the league, but Justin Field is going to be good enough that you are going to know that he has what it takes to bring this team a championship in a couple of years. Again, not exactly this year, but he will be that guy. I understand what you mean. 
I understand where I understand where your thoughts are coming from. And you're using these examples like Crocon Smith and Tevin Jenkins to drive your thinking. I understand that, right? And I think it's right for a majority of the roster, if not the whole roster, outside of the quarterback position. Outside of the quarterback position. You have to right now put all of your chips into one bucket, into the Justin Fields bucket. You have to go all in on Justin Fields, right? And look. If you go all in on Justin Fields and in four and five years it doesn't pay off, guess what? You failed. You're done. You're fired. But you are making a major mistake if you are not 100% on, in on Justin Fields and understanding that he – and look, it's not to say that – I don't know if you think this either – that Ryan Poles doesn't really like him. Like the things that he has said outside of that first press conference, which was weird. And we talked about it, how we, you know, yeah, there wasn't a lot of name dropping. There wasn't a lot of praise outside of that. He said, he fucking loves Justin. He says he, he loves the way he's progressing. And then you see those reports. I think you mentioned it that, you know, Oh, scouts are saying he's having the greatest jump from year one to two that people have ever seen. And again, I said last night, I don't know how to qualify, how to quantify that, but it's there. Like, it's not like, Oh my God, he's struggling, right? Like we've heard, that Zach Wilson is struggling. We've heard that other guys are struggling. Like Justin Fields is playing well in camp. He's got every single tool and attribute. He's a hard fucking worker. The bears are going to go all in on him. And it may not seem reflective of that given some of the moves that they've made, but it's all part of this ongoing process. Again, you have to be smart with your money just because they didn't throw $80 million at Christian Kirk doesn't mean they don't like Justin Fields. It's part of the process there in a rebuild. And in three weeks, we're going to be eating our people like you are going to be eating their damn words because Justin Fields has what it takes and he will lead the Bears to the Super Bowl in five years. There's zero, Jake, zero, you know, fuck zero, negative four million percent chance that they move on from Justin Fields after this year. Negative. Again, there's no words for me to eat. I'm simply proposing an alternative. You should eat your words for proposing it. It's ridiculous to propose it, Jake. I'm just saying that we need to be open to more pain as Bears fans because that's what we've been conditioned to expect. Um, The rest of this depth chart, just real quick, because we've spent far too much time on Justin Fields' discourse. Um, I really think there's only a couple guys on the rest of this depth chart that are 100% locks to make this roster next year. Jalen Johnson, Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, Kyle Santos. I think that's it. Those are the only the only other four. Um, I think Nicholas. Mm, well, he's a he's on a one year deal. That's the only reason two. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm having trouble remembering who who's not on a one year deal. But I think all the guys on the defensive side of the ball who aren't on a one year deal are probably likely. Like if uh, Al Kadeem Muhammad is on two years, <laughs> I would say Travis Gibson is definitely going to make the roster. Uh, next year, 100%. Well, like you I would mean, 100% like be confident that these guys are 100% mortal locks. Travis Gibson, yes, I agree with you. With Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, I would also say Eddie Jackson is still 100%. I, Ooh, I, I, I wouldn't. Think Eddie, I, I, I just that's just given what I think we're going to see from him. I think he's going to return closer to that 2018 form, and if that comes so, true, okay. So that's more of your projection of what he can. Sure, you yeah, think he'll be sure. working. Okay, I'll accept that. And of course, Trent Gill. <laughs> yeah, oh, fair. I'll I'll allow that just because he's a rookie punter. Okay. Um. All right. Let's, all right. let's preview this game. Let's start. Actually, 40, 45 minutes, and let's talk about this game. Yeah. Um, the title of the episode: forty-five. Minutes. All right. So, Matt Eberflew said that he's going to let the starters go out there. Justin Fields is going to be out there. You know, this, we're going to get a idea of what the offensive line is going to look like. Uh. Makes sense. Matty Rufus is like an effort guy. He wants to go out there and show what this team is going to be in their high effort, high intensity. Um, I mean, we can't expect. Is expecting a quarter too much? 
Yeah, I, think I guess it, it depends on how the. I think. It, well, I guess it depends on how the game plays out too. You know, I, I mean, we we said this like we. He definitely won't play the whole game. One thousand percent. No, you can't risk that. No, he'll. And play I mean, what you want? And I mean, what you wanted to tear up? Yeah, no, yeah. Just one of that. Um, he can practice, you know. So okay, okay. So we'll start with the Justin Fields question. I mean, does he get two series? Like, I mean, I, again, game flow dictates probably a lot of this. But is it? Yeah, I mean, it's probably he gets. Depend- he gets. Um, here, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I think you're breaking up. No, you're good. You were done. Um, he gets a series if they score a touchdown. If they go down the field, as they should. If they go down the field, they score a touchdown. They're aggressive. They, you know, go no huddle. They score a touchdown. He's done. Right. I think if if he does does a series, maybe they run the ball twice and then pass it once, and they go three and out or something, or they kind of stall out early in the drive. Then I think he plays two series. No, I don't think it's in in any scenario. I don't think it's more than two, right? But I do think it's important that they are playing, right? Let's talk about that because if you remember last year, there was a whole lot of discourse about not playing the starters in the preseason. And if I remember correctly, sorry, my memory's been fuzzy today. They didn't play any of the starters oh, at all in the preseason, right? Last year, I want to say didn't play anyone. Think so, yeah. And I think I that was so. the, like we we talked about it, and, and someone in the chat can help us out here and let us know if that was. 100 percent true or not um and i do remember talking on on the show about like oh my god why why aren't those guys out there you know building connections playing i remember justin played last year obviously because he was the backup at the time but look I, I think it's important that they are playing right and i don't know if anyone is in a disagreement with that because of oh potential injury look no given the state that the bears are in first of all they have to start the offensive line because they don't even know yet what the starting five is going to be we have an idea right. and on sat on tuesday it was braxton jones i can't even remember what it was it was braxton jones schofield whitehair mustafer and on the other side was i, I want to say it was reef don't quote me on that but I, it he's was been, he's been ramping up i don't know if he's been 100 percent well oh, here's here yeah here's the problem yeah, he was there he was there he was he was full here here's the problem f- from the jump is you're starting centers out hurt like that yeah well that's not I mean, a problem though like you mean it's a problem as far as figuring out what the line is going to be right and i mean with this line with so many new moving parts and guys that kind of got a gel the center's the most important part and you're not even that's have fair. you might not have them to start the season and then like that you're just gonna nah, jump you in there we you hope, but I mean, this is the Bears we're talking about. Worst always comes to worst. You have to expect the worst case scenario. But I mean, really, we're gonna like. I get it. Sam Mustafer is your next best option. But man, like, it it really would have been nice to go in there with a fully like to go Reef, Whitehair, Patrick, Schofield, and Borum. That would have been really awesome. Unfortunately, that's not what's going to happen. And I'm sure Eberflus is going to switch them out and rotate them. And, like, we might not see the official starting guys, like the official Patrick, everybody in their exact positions until week one. We might not see it at all this preseason. Just because Reef and Schofield got to catch up. They got to ramp up. Patrick has to come back from injury. You still want to figure out what you have in Borum, Jones, and Jenkins. Like we might not see the official week one like starting lineup on offensive line until week one. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate that those guys won't get reps together. But you know, we were on a um, I was on a Twitter Spaces the other day, and we were talking about the offensive line with uh, I don't remember 
remember who was in it. Um, geez, I really do have a COVID right now. I don't remember shit. I don't remember anything. What the hell is going on out here? I don't even remember what I ate for breakfast. God damn it. But um, like, I almost feel like this is a good problem to have for the Bears. Like the fact that we don't know who the starting five is a good problem to have. Why? Because it doesn't mean that, oh, like it, it mean what it means is you have multiple players who could be on the first team. And you just don't know which ones are the best of those. So you have a bunch of guys right now who are all capable of being starting offensive linemen for your team. You're just trying to figure out who's the best of the best. Like that's what you're working with here. And if you, if I were to tell you in March of this time, we were just fishing for guys that we thought could play. We were fishing for guys that we thought could even just possibly start for us and not be terrible. Right? So now you have multiple players and the emergence of Braxton, and Jones has been huge for this. Like that can, and of course the signings has really made it, made the whole difference, but you are really, really flexible. And you have a lot of guys where even if someone goes down, you can just slot another guy who could be just as capable. Like Tevin Jenkins very well could be just as capable to be a starting right tackle as Riley Reed, Right. Or, you know, sure. like it, he really could, like, we don't know what was going on with his injury, but he could still be a very good player. Like that is a hundred percent facts. Okay. So this is a good problem to have for the Bears. It is unfortunate from a gelling standpoint, from a meshing standpoint, from a uh, just a pure comfortability connection standpoint for them not to all play together in a game on the line. But nonetheless, to have five guys and to have everyone out there, like you'll be able to tell like if one guy is struggling. You'll be able to tell single-handedly if, you know, Braxton Jones has looked great in practice. Uh, he's not really holding his own in the preseason game, right? Like as a unit, there's a, there's a story, but there's also a storyline for each individual guy on that line. That's what they're going to try to figure out. So I know we talked about Justin Fields. I think the offensive linemen are going to get a lot more time. Like a starting guy like Riley Reefer, Braxton Jones could play a whole quarter, if not more, just because they are still in the midst of figuring that out. And you're riding out of days of camp. This is your time to figure it out. You only got three preseason games instead of four. You got to make use of that time figuring out who's the best of the best there on that line. I, something you said there, I do completely. I like. I think some of these offensive linemen, you're gonna see. Like, I think you're gonna see a ton of Braxton Jones, who apparently oh. there were a bunch of tweets today that were saying that he was like manhandling Robert Quinn all day. So yeah. that's huge. Um, but I think you're gonna see a lot of him. I honestly think you're gonna see a lot of Tevin Jenkins as long as he plays. Like as long as he's active, Reed. I think you're gonna see a lot of Tevin Jenkins because he's fine, like after he missed that week and there were you know the trade rumors and that the Bears were trying to ship him off. You're, even if they are trying to trade him, you got like even these teams that are maybe interested in him, got to see what you have in him at some point. So the Bears are be like, all right, go out and play, either proving yourself to us or to someone else, but you're going to play. Then you're going to see a lot of him. I honestly think you're going to see a lot of Larry Borum too in year two. So they're trying to figure, you might see yep. him at right tackle and right guard and left tackle. They're, they're trying to figure out, I think they know they have something in him. I think it's just a matter of where he fits on the line he's not he's not playing guard he he might he might think? switch tackle sides but he's not playing guard now i but mean so at family fest and i i noted this i don't know how significant it is when they're doing these individual drills but the whole time during individual drills it was jenkins and borm with the rest of the tackles like there was no like okay. oh jenkins is going to work with the tackles or borm's going to work with the tackles for a little bit then go run over and work with the guards like they were all with the tackles and i thought like again i don't know if that's just like standard like one day you're just gonna work with the tackles and then another day you can work with the guards but i think given what we've heard like i don't think they're gonna be messing around with either of those guys at guard but you know like 
again, like it's weird because like if you find out that those guys are really good and then Riley Reef and Michael Schofield are also pretty good, like it's just I don't know. Like you could build a really good offensive line if you have or if Braxton Jones is really good and you lock down the the tackles, but you still want Jenkins or Borum in there, and the only place for them in there is like right guard or something, then yeah, like maybe you you do that. I wouldn't rule that out. Um, but yeah, those guys can get a lot of time. I think the rest of like the only wide receiver who's going to play like the same amount is Justin, which I, which I played out that, you know, drive series scenario, I think is Darnell Mooney. I mean, the wide receiver is like, I, it's the same way because think about it this way, Jake, like this is getting really interesting for the wide receivers with some of the guys that are out because now you like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunities and Equinemia St. Brown is a lock to make the team because of the contract. Darnell Mooney's a lock to make the team. Well, Bobby apparently Green's him and Justin Fields like love each other too. Like Yo, I feel Equinemia. like every, I feel like every day, like in practice, like, oh, Justin Fields targeting Equinemia yeah. St. Brown again. Oh, they connect for a longer or or even if it's a, a, a something that they don't connect on, but it seems like he's targeting him a ton in practice. Yeah. There were there was a couple targets on Saturday that there was a couple receptions actually. Every time he targeted uh economic st brown which you know wasn't a ton because they didn't do a ton of team drills they you know they, he caught him so they, he's definitely going after him and i i think equinemius has really really risen up uh on the depth chart and it's evident because he's actually the wow. second listed wide receiver on the depth chart uh from fishbane it was darna mooney one and then it was uh equinemius st brown two and then i think behind Darno, jones. and then velas jones and then byron pringle you know i look Let's do let's do the top three players to watch on Saturday, and I can go first, so I can get you a little bit of time to think about this. Number one, yeah. I really want to see Bayless Jones Jr. play. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. going to play. He's been held out of practice. He wasn't at Family Fest on Tuesday. I'm not sure if he practiced today. So I imagine whatever's going on with him is nothing serious. They're just kind of taking it uh, safe with him at his old age, right? He's an old guy, right? The guy's you know 25. He, old man Bayless Jones Jr. has to has to get his rest. Another guy that I'm going to be watching. Friend of the program, Daz Newsom. Daz Newsom. All right. Daz Newsom looked really good on Tuesday at Family Fest. He was my, you know, top one of the top players that I saw that I pointed out in our post-game show, um, or post-practice show. He and look, and now with Nikhil Harry out, and Jake, I'll pose this to you. I think if Nikhil Harry doesn't play a single game in preseason, which he's not going to with the high ankle sprain, they could cut him. I I, I honestly believe they could cut him. Yeah, like, I agree. I would agree with that. Look, seventh round pick. We saw Nothing. Ryan Poles bring those on a thin air during the draft. <laughs> you know, let's trade down two spots in the sixth round and get an extra seventh, right? Like, you're not, you're not right. losing a lot. Also, okay, before we do anything more about the Bears, how on earth in the year 2022 did a team trade a six-round pick for Adam Shaheen? How is that possible? Adam Shaheen was traded for a pick in 2022? I just had to get that off my chest because I couldn't fucking believe that absurd <laughs> anyway i don't think Nikhil harry's a lot to make this team so what does that mean it means a guy like daz newsome or maybe even in semba webster could make this roster so i'm definitely gonna be looking out for daz newsome and something that really surprised me on that depth chart again i don't know how like accurate these depth charts are as far as as far as whether they're, they're very unofficial they're very uh, yeah unofficial. so like if the fifth say the 53 man roster were to come out today would it be sure. like Thomas Graham Jr. would get cut because he was the last on that on that depth chart for the right. cornerback position, right? Like I don't like that's what I just don't know of. But that's a guy that I hope plays and I hope you know we get to see is Thomas Graham Jr. So I'm looking out for those three guys. I'm looking out for Daz Newsom and Simba Webster. Um, and 
and Thomas Graham Jr. And, and, and there's a bunch of guys, but those are my top three. Now that you got a little bit of time, if you have a top three, let's hear who you're looking out for on Saturday. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, you mentioned a bunch of guys, so I won't rehash that. I mean, we've talked about the offensive line. Uh, I right. Honestly, Braxton Jones is one of mine because we hear how, how much how awesome he's been, how much work he's been getting with the ones. I want to see it now. I, I just want to see it. I want to – I want my eyeballs to take it in in game action and see what all the hype is about. That's like, it's nothing. I just want to, I want to see it with my own two eyeballs. Um, one that I think is kind of different. Tristan Ebner. We kind of hear oh, about yes. him as like this guy who's kind of like might be pushing Cleo Herbert for this. Like he maybe not pushing him, but has risen up and has been getting a lot of reps. Looks really good. And we know that the running back position, in the NFL, it's like turns out like that. So Hear good things about him. I I just I'll keep an eye out for him. My top one, and this is kind of a cop out answer, but it's Matt Eberflus. It's the coaching staff. Ooh. It's the scheme. It's it's how this game is coached. Right. It's how, especially on the offensive side, how this game is coached, how the system is run. Obviously, of course, they're not going to lay everything out there on the table. Like they're not going to show Kyle Shannon and the 49ers, Hey, here's the game plan. Here's what we're working with. Here's what right, we right. got. Here's what we're going to try. Of course, they're not going to do that. But just show me some play. Show me God for the love of God. Please show me play action. That's really that's it. Please run, show, show me some run pass op- options. Show me some play action. Show me just some diversity. Please God. That's all I'm asking for. Is a but the coaching staff. I mean, that's something that we're gonna have to watch because we've never seen the system. We've never seen how they're gonna run defense and offense. Both of them. That is something that I think for sure is at the top of most people's. Jake went out. Yeah, I think he's right, though, that they're at the top of most people's list. <clears throat> I'm going to have to text him and tell him he got kicked out of here. But the coaching staff is definitely there. He's back. You're back. Right. I'm back. But I think that's what everyone's saying. Like, it, it, everybody wants to see how this system is going to be run. And that's just how, like, I think everybody's going to. Um, secondary, secondarily, whatever. Um, I want to see Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon, especially Kyler Gordon, because we haven't much if he plays he might have some kind of injury stuff going on but Jaquan Brisker's out here saying like I want to get a turnover first game first preseason game yeah I want to get a turnover absolutely love that so yeah I mean that's one thing I want to say I also want to see these bots leave our chat because it's really annoying um yeah this but, never happened actually the porn bots are alive and well in the in the various nation podcast yeah you, you get off dating apps finally and now all the bots come to the chat <laughs> go figure um but yeah, I mean that. So those are those are my ones. Those, those are the ones. The coaching staff, far and away, a little bit of Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon. Kevin really liked that one. That um, Tristan Ebner, was... and of course the offensive line and Braxton Jones. Oh God! Yeah, I like what you said about the coaches. Um, and look, like it is, it's a preseason game, right? Like we can't, we can't take, uh, we can't look at it and make complete judgments about everyone, including the coaching staff. But here's what I want to see. Look, what I saw on Tuesday at family fest was, was they were doing a lot of no huddle uh, hurry up stuff, which I really, really liked like, you know, boom, completed pass. And they were working on getting back to the line of scrimmage Great. and getting the Perfect. ball back to the ref. Cause everyone knows what happened against uh, or with Dallas in the playoffs. When who was it? Who was the player that didn't give the ball to the ref? They set it down and then they couldn't get mm. the final playoff in time. Oh, who was it? Oh, was it Gallup? I don't remember who it was, but they don't want, I think, I think you're right. I think it was Michael Gallup. Might have been Gallup, yeah. Uh, no, I don't think it was because I, I remember I remember it being like a boneheaded player, and I was like, that guy's a, a fucking bonehead. But maybe it was Gallup. I don't know. Um, what I want to see is, I know it's preseason. Come out the gates firing, man. 
Oh my God! Show up first snap, boom, we're going. We I think they're gonna. I mean, boom, everything boom. that everything that made every Fulus has said, like that's his whole thing. Yeah, easy shoulders. Good lord. Oh, um, I mean, everything that he said is like that's their good. That's gonna be their identity. So I completely think that's what's gonna happen. It should be, and and like again, yeah, it's just pre. Yeah, but like I don't care if it's the yeah Gallup was injured. It wasn't Gallup. Oh yeah, if he tore his ACL. Out, if you could figure it out for me, let me know. Uh, Nicker is spoken in the chat. It's, he's gonna figure it out. Um, I don't care if it's third stringers, second stringers, or the first team guys. Like what you're preaching and this culture that you're bringing in applies to everyone. So I don't care if it's the fourth quarter. Well, especially because you guys got, you got guys fight for roster spots. Dale well, Zerson, exactly. Thomas and, Graham, Dante right. Pettis, Tajay Sharp. Like these guys are trying point. to hang on to the roster. That's a great point because all those guys like are playing extra hard because even if you do make the roster, that's the only Claypool was the one Claypool did it right. Claypool did it for, for Pittsburgh. That's right. I oh, maybe, maybe that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Did Dallas yes. do it? There was something I think, weird. I think I think, I think with Dallas, it was just the ref. It was just the ref himself. Right. Was just oh yeah, way. the ref. Just, yeah, yeah, the ref was in the way. But but you're right, Claypool. Yeah. It was, thanks, yes. Alova. Thanks, Alova, in the chat. Um, uh, where was I? Yeah, like in the preseason, like those guys are always gonna bust their ass because even if you do make, like, if you're the last guy to make the roster, like you're not playing. Like you're probably right. not gonna play. So like this is their only game action. They're gonna bust their ass because they want to play football, and this is the only time they're, they're trying to secure a job. So, yeah, you're gonna see that energy, but like I want to see that fire all game. I want to see intensity. I want to see hustle. That's what applies to all those guys, and I want to see this new culture in effect, right? You you talk about having urgency and hustle in practice, and how you know what you're doing in practice because the whole belief, like they're not just trying to get these guys injured. They're not just trying to like make these guys hurt in practice. Like there is a reasoning behind the approach that Matt Eberflus has to his practices, and the reasoning is that. That carries on to the games, that we're well-conditioned for the games, but that also we're going to have that same high energy, high intensity, the way we do in practice, the way we do in a game. Like, that's exactly why they're doing those things. So I want to see that from the jump. I want to see it the entire game, and I want to see, you know, Maddie Refuse into it, getting these guys ready to play. And look, like sometimes I do feel starters play like they kind of they kind of loaf and they take it easy. And look, I'm injured, but I, I want to see that same energy from them. That, that, that we know we're going to see from the third string guys who might not be able to play football this year aside from the one preseason game, right? I want to see these guys from the jump, the starters, get going, play good football. Um, what? Anything else you expect? I know we should wrap soon here. Anything else uh, you expect from, from Saturday's game that, we, that the fans and that people should be looking out for? I'm I'm trying to go with no expectations. I'm trying to let them give me no, notes, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to go in blank slate, open mind, and then I'm trying to come away with thoughts that they give me with the play on the field, for the most part. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I'm trying to think of some other guys that I, that I like that I want to look out for. Um, I think on the defensive side of the ball, some DBs. I, I think Kendall Vildor is a guy who has actually looked okay in practice. Actually, DB Lamar Jackson has looked okay too, uh, from what I thought. Um, not quarterback Lamar Jackson, DB Lamar Jackson. So um, those secondary guys, <clears throat> because they're all like Duke Shelley and Kendall Vildor and Thomas Graham, like those guys are really battling it out because not all of them are going to make the roster because we believe Tavon Young is probably locked to make the roster. You signed him in free agency. He's looked pretty good, right? And then Kendall Vildor, Duke Shelley, Thomas Graham, like one of the three, if not two of the three, are probably not going to make the team. Let's say one of the three. And if I had to guess, like Duke Shelley's probably the odd man out of that group. But again, in that depth hurt, Thomas Graham Jr. was ranked last. So I'm really curious to see, you know, what the secondary does there. Um, so, yeah, and Travis Gibson, I think, is a guy to watch. We don't know how much he's going to play, but he's certainly not the starting um, 
end right edge rusher right now. It's going to be Kadane Muhammad and Robert Quinn and uh, Travis Kelsey will be in after that. But at practice, he had a Stormbreaker in his hand when he came out, and he held it That's the lit. entire time. Love it. I don't know what it means, but maybe if he gets a sack, like. We're going to see a little celebration. So I kind of want to see that. that. That's what I want to see on Saturday. And I want to see Carlos Santos nail field goals. Because that guy's fucking good. That guy can nail field yeah. goals. He's got to be a top three player on the team, right? He's, he's, <laughs> God, he's that's be. where we're at. The kicker is one of uh, them. Relax. So, Justin Tucker is the best player on the Ravens. And they don't have a problem. So, you know. It's not a bad thing if your kicker is really good. Um. <laughs> Sure. Yes. Consistency is helpful. We do. Yeah. We appreciate your, the year three of the Cairo Santos experience. We appreciate the consistency. Um, all right. Well, that wraps this episode. We will be back next week to break down this preseason game. Talk about everything we see, talk about the snap counts, talk about the, like the little hints of the system that we get to see, talk about the highlights. Hopefully there will be some talk about the lowlights. Surely there will be some and break down some of these guys that we talked about that we want to watch. So Thank you guys, as always, for coming through in the chat, for watching live, for listening in podcast form. We appreciate you. You guys rock. We will be back next week. Kevin has one more thing he's telling me. Are you betting on this game? No, God, no. What a, there's, there's, why am I going to bet preseason football with there's baseball I, on? Okay, there's baseball on. There's yeah, legit, like actual, like high level starters, a, people who are actually like the games matter. That's going to deter me from betting football. No, it's not. Preseason football, yeah. Here's Look, I would never bet a money line or a spread in preseason football, but I would bet props. Like, I'll I'll bet some props. You know, why not? I just want to ask you, you're the betting betting guru of the podcast. Best of luck to you. Best of luck to you with that. When I come Um, back after I hit a 24-leg parlay all on Bears props and I've got a million dollars in cash in my hand. You keep doing those parlays, buddy. You keep doing it's those. It's gonna hit one day. It's gonna hit yeah. one day. And then and you'll finally be at even for all the money you sank into all the other ones. Uh yeah. all right. That wraps this episode of Bears Nation Podcast. Catch us back next week to break down that preseason game and break down everything we saw, and of course the continued breakdowns of what we see in practice and how the system comes together, how the roster comes together, and the more we learn, of course, we'll be here to talk about it with you guys. So until next time, thank you all for watching, listening. We'll see you next week, and as always, bear down.